You built these weapons to destroy us. Why? Because you are afraid of our gifts. Because we are different. Humanity has always feared that which is different. Well, I'm here to tell you, to tell the world, you're right to fear us. We are the future. We are the ones who will inherit this earth. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you listen to the Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Simon. I'm Harrison. Harrison, you, uh, you recovered from last week's uh, solo show. I, I thought it went well. I, I don't think I've recovered. I mean, it was your idea. Most people don't realize this. It was your fucking idea. Well, I, I threw it out there as a yeah. laugh. Because I was, like, I was you, just going to like use, you know, do Jared or have something. my friend Jared on because he's right he's down always the street. Down. And he's, as long as I have liquor, he's fine. You yeah, know? he's down to do it. And he's, he's good. Easy. He's funny. I, but this was like so ambitious. You proposed this and I was like, oh I'm, my God. You know, I did it as a joke and I was really surprised you were able to assemble the dream team. Right. And actually, <laughs> do, do, you, do you know that reference? Have you ever watched that movie, The Dream Team? Of course team? I've watched that movie. <laughs> I was when, when I heard that you actually did the show, I was like, wow, this is like The Dream Team. Because the, right. the, the premise yeah. of The Dream Team is there were a bunch of like mental patients that went to like New York City and their handler was arrested. And next thing you know, they're on their own in the big city. And like one guy is like this like nihilistic author who's depressed. That's Michael Keaton. Mm. And then there was like Christopher Lloyd, who was just like nuts. He had so, OCD. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just OCD. like, this is yeah. just, you're Michael Keaton. Then yeah. you got Schlitzie, who's like Christopher yeah. Lloyd. Mm. And then I don't know which one was Jizzy Jake, but yeah, the dream team. Yes. I thought it went well, you know? <laughs> and, and to be honest, yeah, I was actually quite, impressed with schlitzy's delivery he was yeah. like calm he was cool he's collected like a seasoned podcaster he's listened a lot he knows he knows like you the know, timing you when know? to prompt me for something you know so and, and he knows great. like the cadence of the show because he was right. just like oh yeah we we get the three calls here and blah 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 and, and and after listening to it i was like god his voice sounds less grating when he's doing the show than it does when he calls in yeah it's true I mean, you know? it's still like audio saltpeter, but oh yeah, um, yeah, you know, but, but it does sound <laughs> a lot better than when he calls in. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so too. And, and mm. Jizzy Jake, that's exactly the behavior I anticipated from Jizzy Jake. Yes, you know, he uh, is going to get wasted, and he's going to show his dick, and then uh, say a bunch of like nonsensical statements, and probably swear. But it was perfect. I thought it worked well. What, the times he piped in. And he kind of faded out before the end because he was just four loco. He was in four loco town. Oh, yeah. But Is that what he was drinking? Know. Oh, yeah. God, he was drinking four loco. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even the times he did pipe in, he really that. had some gems. You know? <laughs> it's a shame. I just wish he didn't go away mad. Um, yeah, I think so. uh, we, we covered that in the Patreon because he didn't he call in and was explaining how upset he was or something? Yes. He yeah. also didn't realize that Schlitzie's sober, even though we've been 
I don't know, playing his sobriety calls for like a year now. Yeah. Um, he was well, also <laughs> mad because I had him like mute himself because he was making a lot of noise in the bus. So. <laughs> yeah, you kind of reprimanded him. Yeah, I, I, I'm a, I mean, look. Yeah, like, quiet a time of, for you. I was on a lot of painkillers, so I was extra irritable. It took so long to set up because of all these problems. So I was like, I, I, I can't. I was like a fucking, ang- I was angry dad. I was really angry dad that day. Well, people, if you want to hear the anger and frustration of Harrison, um, mm-hmm. we posted the outtakes yeah. to, to Patreon. And you can hear a lot of these, like, a lot of swearing, a lot of, like, I don't know, screaming to Satan for help. It was just, yeah, you just were not um, very content at that time. Yeah. Um, I could see that testing your every shred of mental sanity. Then, then having to deal with those two. Uh, but all in all, I, I thought it was a good show. I, th- I thought it was entertaining. I think a lot of listeners were like, because that's the one thing. It's like when Wackerly, because I haven't missed that many shows, surprisingly, in fucking 14 years. You know, that's how long we've been doing the show now? 14 years? Wow. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I really haven't, I've only missed a handful of shows. Um, but I remember when Wackerly had to do it, that guy just like read a book. He like put such little effort into it, whereas you mm. put like an actual. You did an actual show. It was yes. a, a whole full show with calls and everything. So people, if you haven't heard last week's episode, should check it out. Um, I think it's like polarizing. Some people were like, "I can't even listen to it." Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Get over it. It was entertaining, yeah. and plus you played a really, really funny FM call. Yes. Yeah, which so people should check that out. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. That that was I was listening to that one. And I was like, oh my god, because I didn't hear that one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was a new FM call about his Halloween hayride or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was, and his love of baking. Oh yeah, it was it was a pretty Pumpkin amazing call. Baking, it was good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was in uh, Tokyo um, last week, and uh, you know that's that's why I didn't make the show. And yeah, I gotta say to the to all our Tokyo fans, it was a great time hanging out with everybody, and thank you for uh, for being our our hostesses while we were in Tokyo. Um, actually, you know what, uh, Johnny from the Got Faded podcast, we recorded a show with him. Uh, Johnny was great; took us all over Tokyo. Uh, we recorded a show live in Izakaya, and then just got wasted. They drink so much in that that country; mm. they, they drink a lot. I took like. A week off of drinking when I got back because I had to. But we also hung out with like Adam from Tokyo and we hung out with Sean. It was great. Sean actually get, uh, brought a gift for you, uh, Harrison. A oh. Chikan whistle that girls use when they're groped on the train. So I'll oh, give great. it to you next time I see you. But um, yeah, it's like a Chikan whistle that you could just like, I don't know if it's a buzzer or whistle. I don't know how this thing works, but you just hmm. buzz when you're getting groped. And, uh, and, and that's actually one thing I learned when I was in Japan from uh, Johnny and from Sean and, uh, and some of my other friends are over there. Chikan is like no joke there. That's some serious mm. shit. Like uh, when we were, we were on the train, so my friend Danny went, went along for the trip too and I knew a couple other people. My friend John's out there doing a comic. Um, and so we were on a train and we were going, I think to like Shibuya or something and it was, it was me, Johnny and Danny. It was super crowded. And we're like shoved up in this train. And Johnny was like, you cannot yell Chikan. Because I kept joking that I was going to point to Danny and yell Chikan. Because I thought it would be funny. And we were wasted. Yeah. And he was like, you can't do that. You cannot do that. And I was just like, why? Why? He's like, everybody will flip the fuck out 
it's huh. going to be a bad scene. And I guess what happens, you yell cheek on on a crowded train, they go nuts and they huh. will grab you and beat you and hold you till the police come. Which, Even if you're the one who yelled it? Actually, Johnny was saying it's going to be all three of us because we're white. He's yeah, just yeah, like, sure. he's like, we're all fucked if you do this. And I was tempted because, you know, I'm kind of one of those like scorched earth, like, fuck it. Um, and I was thinking it'd be funny, but then I think uh, the consequences would not be funny. Because no. uh, I, I guess what happens is that like, th- I mean, they will beat you. It's like mob justice. Oh, sure. And then they'll hold you in a headlock till the police come and then you get and then arrested. And they'll beat you. And they'll beat you. Mm-hmm. And then you get arrested and they hold you for 23 days. That's yeah, what they, they do, and then they, they deport you. Around. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I was just like, as funny as that would be, I, I didn't do it. It's some serious shit there, that Chicon stuff. Just just never yell that on a crowded train. You can do that here. So we, we were just referring to it as the C word. Because you, I wonder you if they would have let you record from the deportation pen if you had been arrested. <laughs> yeah, it would be like, I'm a professional podcaster. Mm. I, I got to do it. I think my favorite thing, though, all in all about Japan, though, were those toilets. Yeah, why, yeah. why don't we have those here? Did you use the, the spray things? Oh, my God, every time. Okay. See, you didn't? I don't, I don't know. I did a few times, and it's like, it just, I don't know. Something about it, you know, just getting the water my on asshole your... wet in yeah, a public you, place was weird. Did you have an know. itchy anus there? You're not going to have an itchy anus with one of those Japanese toilets. I don't think I had that when I was there. I don't think I had that problem then. <laughs> I, um, it makes sense to me because the Japanese are such a, they're so clean. Like everything's clean and efficient there. So it makes sense. It's like taking a wadded piece of toilet paper and wiping your hairy asshole and it's covered in shit and then you throw it out. That's fucking gross. It's dirty. Whereas there, it's like you spray a spray into your ass. It cleans off your asshole. And then they even have like a little dryer that blow dries your asshole. See, I didn't know about that one. Oh, my God. The one, maybe it's like the Toto. They're called Toto toilets. But the Toto in my hotel is just amazing. You could even like, there's a little remote where you could kind of direct the spray. You know? Yeah, I know this guy that like, this rich friend of my bio dad's. Uh, he used to live in Japan, work in Japan for a long time. And at his house in Santa Monica, he has one of those toilets. Oh, my God. You can so, get those here? You can order them. I mean, if you're like wealthy. You know, you know uh, actually, Adam, uh, Adam from Tokyo sent me a link to one. He was just like, oh, they're not that hard to install. I don't know how much my landlord would be would be keen on me or how keen she'd be with me just like putting in a high-tech toilet. No, in you here. need to own a place. Yeah. Yeah. But God, those things are godsend. I couldn't right, well, believe save, it. Save it for the Patreon there, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, mm. people, I go into the detail about the Japan, the D's Japan Roundup. You can go listen to it on the Patreon. We kind of go into like a good 45-minute outtake about it. But mm-hmm. Harrison was there too, so he had a lot of similar experiences. But anyway, moving on, moving on. We got a show to do here. Um, while I was gone, um, I come back. Harrison recorded a show and everything. I come back. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, talking to Harrison. I'm like, so what do you want to do on the show? Like, I had some intro ideas. And I had, like, you know, a couple things about cult and serial killer. And Harrison's like, how about human design? And I'm like, what the fuck? What do you mean? I didn't even, hadn't even heard of that. So what's going on? Like, since I've been gone, have you, like, awakened some sense of inner spirituality or something? Have you joined a cult? What is this human design? It's just something somebody told me about at Thanksgiving dinner. And they're like, oh, it, you know, here's my chart that they made. 
you know, you tell that you need to know like the time you were born and all this astrological shit. And then it's like, you're this type of person and you get it's it's mostly like a horoscope thing. And then she's like, oh, but also the homo superior coming race will appear in 2027. <laughs> and I'm like, what? The and she starts she starts to describe this thing like, yeah, they also believe in this thing called the rave, which means that like the new race of superior people are going to start showing up then. You know, and, yeah, this shit is weird, dude. So, so in yeah. other words, you are now. It sounded a, a lot like actually the first season of Heroes. I don't know; it's very strange. <laughs> Cross with some Scientology. Mm. Um, so, are you now a manifesting generator with a sacral authority? Is that oh what yes. You're trying to say? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is weird, dude. Which I, is, I did some research. It yeah, is a which weird. Which is definitely one. also a Hawkwind song, you know. <laughs> Manifesting generator with sacral yeah. authority, yeah. Uh, but th- but that's what that's the thing. This human design system, you, you sign up, you, you sign up for it, you learn about it, and then you find out what you are. That's using this this human design chart, mm. you know, with which which is calculated using your birth date, your time, your place. It reveals your true genetic design. Mm. So that's I was reading some article in goop.com because this human design system is very popular in LA right now. It's a it's a very trendy thing like uh, uh, uh Gwyneth Paltrow is into it and a lot of these celebrities Tom Brady and Giselle are big human design system advocates. Hmm. Um but that's the thing you find out what you are and there's like you know different what are they called like different uh authorities um, that, that you can be in different elements. But yeah, like being a manifesting generator is an elephant. So some people are generators. You know, other yes. people are projectors. Some people mm. are reflectors. Right. This, is, this sounds like totally something I could see people in LA just being like, yeah, this sounds great. How much does it cost? Mm. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my body chart. But that's the thing, HDS. So I did a lot of, after you told me about this, I did some research. Um, she was like, oh, here's my thing. So I know that I, you know, I can't, you know, I, I, sh- I should only do business with, you know, projecting manifestors and not, Ugh. you know, yeah, depending reflectors or whatever, yeah, depending reflectors or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how the fuck do you know what they are? You'd have to literally get all this information from people and then do the fucking calculations, the body charts out. and all that. Yeah. How do you know? It's well, it's the thing, but this is why I'm not surprised this is something that's trendy in Los Angeles because Los Angeles people are just devoid of any kind of meaning or soul, and they're always searching for for something to give themselves this meaning, you know, whether it be Kabbalah or Buddhism or I Ching or astrology, it's like whatever. But this is what human design does. It's it's a system that brings together all the principles of I Ching, astrology, Kabbalah, Hindu Brahmin chakra systems, and quantum physics, just everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're just going to cover everything. And then you make your human design chart, which they call a body graph, which is calculated using your birth date and your time to reveal what it is that you are. Body so, massage. Yeah. And so it shows you how to access your body's consciousness as a decision-making tool and how to live as your true self. Couldn't you see this as like celebrities and, and like Lindsay Lohan just being like, this is amazing. Yes. I'm finding out I'm a drug addict. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, the thing is it's, it offers a map that shows how you are unique and how to guide you in living in a manner that is in sync with who you are as a unique person there, Harrison. Yeah, but it's not a unique thing because there's only like, what, 12 things you can be? So how the fuck is that unique? 
I don't know. It's, it's yeah. how you apply it to yourself. That's what I love about all this new age kind of fucking malarkey. It's it's all based on like the same type of pseudoscience. It, it, to me, this is the new Scientology. But Scientology is a similar thing. It's just like a way to make yourself feel better and find out who you are. But yeah. uh, as opposed to, I mean, this is a little bit cheaper than Scientology, so maybe it's a little more accessible. Um, so fundamental to human design is the concept of a binary consciousness, a mental and a physical consciousness. And all human beings are endowed with two crystals of consciousness, a design crystal and a personality crystal. So you have both of those. Mm. <laughs> that, that's why it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm such a skeptic with everything. Just cynical in life. I mean, it doesn't matter because all these people are going to be incinerated once we have the uh, the the Joe Biden, no malarkey fascist dystopia. (laughs) (laughs) This kind of malarkey is going to be gone, baby. Get it. I love how Joe Biden, not to change the subject, but did you see him get in that argument with that voter? Yeah. And he challenges like, you're wrong, Jack. I'll do some push-ups right now. I love how he says Jack. I got to bring that back. Did, yeah. Would they say that in like the 1950s? In the 60s, I think. In the 60s, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So um, the guy who designed this entire human design system is named Ra Uru Hu. Ah. His real name is Alan Krakauer, and he's from Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> but he changed his name to Ra Uru Hu. Wasn't that Lamont's name when Lamont embraced his uh, African heritage on Sanford and Son? Actually, it was Kalumda. Oh. But, yeah. Well, you remember what that was. <laughs> Fuck you. That was the best. That yeah. was, the, And we started wearing that, like, dashiki. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> that, was the, yeah. that was the best. He found yeah. his African heritage. Well, well, this Canadian guy. Meanwhile, he, if, I don't even think Steele listens to this show. But if he did, he'd be the only one that thought well, that was funny. Oh, yeah. Steele, Steele's the only one that would get that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but listen to this guy though. So, Alan, Alan Krakauer from Montreal was the son of wealthy parents. He received a good education, was an entrepreneur, a publisher, and an advertising executive. And then one day, he was in Ibiza, Ibiza, or however you're, how are you supposed to yeah, say that? Whatever. Ibiza, Ibiza. He was in Ibiza, 1987, and he was contacted by The Voice, not the show on NBC. Oh. <laughs> he, was, he was contacted by The Show Voice. Us what you got. <laughs> yeah, it was like mm. with CeeLo Green turning around and that mm. dickhead from Maroon 5. Yeah. Um, well, The Voice spoke to him for eight consecutive nights in January 1987. And uh, at the time of this encounter, this is the best part, uh, Alan was living in an old ruin over an ancient well on the island of Ibiza. So he was like living in the ruins in Ibiza. Was Ibiza in 87? Was it like a big rave thing back then too? Probably wasn't. That was pro- I feel like it came about in the late 90s. So it was before the drunk Britain, British people took it over? Yeah, um, Yeah. so I, yeah, I think it was like late 90s it became a party scene there. So this is right before that. I mean, now that, that. the ancient ruin is probably a chip shop or something. <laughs> His life completely changed through his experience with the voice. Every cell in his body was different. Even his name was different. That's where he's, he changed his name to Ra, Ra Uru. But it it's, really stung when CeeLo Green was like, don't quit your day job. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about this is I remember when I first did Really Good Molly, it was kind of like a transformational experience, don't you think? Mm. I think I was listening to the voice, or I heard some voices. Yeah. 
yeah, sure. But this voice explained to him how humans are really designed and how their destiny is determined by the position of planets. And this and he is wasn't my, on drugs. And then it says he wasn't, but I think he was mm. on a lot of Molly. Um, he was on like proto Molly before Molly became a thing. Right. Um, but it's also human, human destiny is determined by a stream of neutrinos. This is the pseudoscience behind all this bullshit. Same thing with, uh, what's, what's it with Scientology? The, uh, whatever those things are that you, electrolytes or whatever. Thetans. Yeah, yeah. Thetans and electrolytes. (laughs) Just drink some Gatorade, you get your Mm. electrolytes. Um, But yeah, it's a stream of neutrinos that enters the body 88 days before birth. And at the moment of birth, that's when uh, you find out it does, it makes your genetic makeup. It's the neutrinos. So that's when he changed his name after learn after this experience of the voice to Ra Uruhu and uh, turned the alien revelations into a textbook for human design. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It all comes from an alien. Uh, so neutrinos. And that's the thing. So neutrinos here, much like thetans, are strange particles which have no mass and they travel thousands of light years through space. And they move through almost everything. You, me, the earth. And their origin are supernovas, dying suns. Mm. And that's where, that's, that's where these uh, thetan neutrinos come from. And so that's the basis. Uh, the basis of HDS is in the way the neutrino st- stream influences your genes at the time of your birth. The neutrinos were also a weird um, inter-transdimensional alien uh, race from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Neutrinos? Yeah, and they drove around in like a like a convertible, like '57 Chevy, that that flew, because apparently they like mo- modeled their entire society after Happy Days or something. I don't know why they were like really into the 1950s. When did that so. come out? Was that in the early '80s? Was that before '87? Um, it was like in the mid '80s. It was like '86. So I'm wondering if Alan over here is a big TMNT fan. Oh, read it and then was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. Well, I mean, neutrino is a real subatomic particle. I mean, I guess it sounds like it's being co-opted here. Mm. Um, So yeah, the voice informed him that neutrinos have mass, and uh, which is unproven scientifically until 1991. So he found this out in 1987 from the aliens. Um, Wait, so they knew, but everybody knew in 1981. No, eight. Well, he's saying 91 is when it was proven. Oh, 91. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's predated. Well, fucking, it. you know, I knew ruffles have ridges a long time ago, <laughs> so who cares? But was it scientifically proven four years later? Yes, it was. All right, so I guess, uh, yeah, so mm. you're, you're ahead of the game there. According and to Ra Uruhu, the presence of the magnetic monopole and the crystals of consciousness will also be proven in the future. So we're waiting sorry, on that. that- that thing you just said a second ago, something in the crystals of consciousness? The magnetic monopole. Oh, okay. And the crystals of consciousness. The magnetic monopole and the, crisp, <laughs> and the crystals of consciousness. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be proven in the future. So we're waiting okay. for that. But hmm. much like the neutrinos with the mass, it's coming soon. But this is the whole thing with all this bullshit. It's like new age spiritual movements. Often They always have to use some kind I of science. I saw them play at the Fonda. <laughs> the magnetic monopole? Ma- Magnetic monopole and the crystals of consciousness. Yeah, I thought that was like a, a, a cartoon or something. I'm like, isn't it on like the Cartoon Network? 
And she like she lives in a planet, and she has like a bunch. No, no, it's a fat kid, and he's got a bunch of crystals. Steven Universe, I yeah, thinking Steven of. Universe. Yeah. Same, same idea. Same idea. Yeah. Um, but this well, you're is, with the kids. You're really up with the kids. Oh, I know. I know this stuff. I'm hip. Yeah. I'm hip. Yeah. I'm like Joe Biden. I know that kids are listening to records these days. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they they these spiritual movements try to appear scientific, claiming that quote research proves their concepts. And it mm. lures in stupid people that don't understand science, you know, yep. much like celebrities who never had to go to college. They're just like, yeah, this makes sense. Neutrinos with the mass and the magnetic monopole. Mm. It's going to make me better. And so, it, it, you know, it's gained all this popularity because it, it, it seems like it has some kind of basis in like, you know, uh, religious philosophy or like things like yeah. I Ching or chakras or Kabbalah. But it's all, I don't know, to me, it's just it's just all a bunch of a load of malarkey, malarkey. it's yeah. malarkey malarkey is what i would say so yeah. before we get to the the homo superior which is not yes. my brother even though he says he is it's not mm. um that let's a little more a little more information about the elements of human design so there are four strategy types and this reflects a person's proper strategy in life and you figure this out through your body chart so there's generators those who build and do most of the work in society so I don't know if that's you, Harrison. Well, if your um, brother is homo superior, what is the, like, what's the deciding factor as to whether you're homo superior? Like whether, whether your entire, you know, body is covered in a film of nicotine? <laughs> nicotine and semen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh. Anyway, which thing am I, you said? Well, no, so I'm going through. You can tell me oh, which one you think okay. you are. All right. There's generators, those who yeah. build and do most of the work in society. There's projectors, people who can act as guides, and they see deeply into others. There's manifestors, those who act as a catalyst, initiating great projects. And then there's reflectors, the rarest type, with deep vision and understanding. That's it? There's That's five it. things? Or four. It's, it's, there's just four. You got to be one of those. Well, it's pretty unique. Um, <laughs> what's the reflector again? Uh, reflectors are the rarest type. They have deep vision and understanding. Oh. I don't know. I think can I'm you a like manifester. Be, I don't know. Can you be stuff and then change? I feel like I've been things and changed. I don't, you know, maybe. I mean, it can yeah. go through. There's also seven authority types mm. where uh, it shows the person's true knowledge. And this includes like emotional authority, like those who trust their emotions and making decisions. Sacral, which is instant intuition. Do you have a lot of that? Yeah. Uh, lunar cycle is decisions based on the connection with the moon. So you could be a like sacral reflector now. Is that a thing? I think you could be like a manifest reflector with sacral authority. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So I think that I think there's a little bit of that. So now I guess that the main tenet here of human design is that the people you know, currently are a seven, a seven centered ancestral design. And this has to go back to like Indian chakras, like seven, mm. you have seven chakras, but the, the new species homo superior, which is called the rave. Mm. I, I love that. The guy's on Ibiza. He hears like voices <laughs> and now he's like, yeah, new species is the rave. Did this yeah. guy predict all of like EDM? I think so. And yeah. He was like the godfather of Will the new race have glow in the dark pacifiers? <laughs> <laughs> and they listen to just really repetitive music over yeah. and over again on a mindful mm -hmm. of Molly. Mm -hmm. um, 
So the new species, the rave, is a nine-centered being. It's a transitional form. Oh, sure. And that the mutation will begin to appear in 2027, which isn't that far away. And so us right now, the human race, we're precursors for the rave. So we're midwives for what comes next. We build the fertile ground for them to come in and survive, and then the raves just take over. Fuck that. Who wants to do that? I mean, that's just kind of how it is, you know? Because we're we, like the new Neanderthals then, basically. Is what they're the next generation. They're like the, the yeah. mutants. They're like X-Men. <sighs> you know, they come in and like, that's the thing I don't get about this. It's like, yeah, you're a thing, but actually you don't matter because ever better people are coming. So, but, but you, know. you know what? What is the deal though? Are you trying to like in 2027, you get the raves coming here. Are, are, are you trying to get up a human design system so you can be like their slaves, like their lackey, like their lackeys or so. toadies? I think we're, it's, it's preparing us to be their human footstools or something. Yeah, and like, what are we supposed Which, to be? Which, I mean, is something I've done and enjoyed. So I, <laughs> maybe I'm okay with it. Um, these beings, the rave, will not operate from the mind. They're designed to operate in fully conscious pentas. A penta is a transpersonal form. So it's, it's like a penta is three to five individuals in proximity to each other. It's like a group entity. Hmm. So there's no just like I in rave. There's no like individual like individuality. It's like group mentality. So like there'll be like four raves get together and they make a penta. They're mm. like like fucking transformers or something. Wow. Like did, did, isn't that what happened with Optimus Prime? Like all of them would kind of form like a big transformer. No, you're thinking of Voltron and you're thinking of the Power Rangers. All right, I always mix them all up, but they all kind yeah. of run the same. So yeah, yeah, they all kind of get together. So they're like Power Zords. That's saying. more or less is what the the raves are. Mm. What are we gonna? How are we gonna fight that with our primitive technology? I don't know. You know, you know? but uh, I I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe making a booger monster. <laughs> That Just, can grow to the size of a building. And it's gonna then maybe, be a maybe that'll work out for us. I don't know. It's going to be a shitload of boogers. Just put them together. Yeah. Um, so in 2027, the program, which is HDS, will no longer be interested in people. So you sign up today, find your body chart, find out if you're manifester. And 2027, fuck you. You're worthless yeah. because yeah, we have the raves it. now. It's not going to carry... Yesterday's news. And, yeah, you're yesterday's news. You're like, yesterday's garbage. It'll, mm. It's going to discard you like a used tampon because mm. you carry nothing yeah. for mankind anymore. The program's now going to be designed for raves. You can't be part of a penta? No, because we're not, we're not raves. <sighs> we're not enlightened. Bullshit. The program will be designed for raves. For them, the plan of the cross of the sleeping phoenix will sound like the initiation and awakening. All right. What? <laughs> Excuse me. That's what I'm telling you. This is like probably more ridiculous. Well, I don't know if it's any more ridiculous than Scientology or any other religion for that matter. Because Jesus Christ, Judaism is like has some of the most bizarre traditions I've ever heard. But sure. this one, they do have a lot of like entertaining terms. This sounds like one of the the Harry Potter novels. Plan of it the doesn't Cross sound of the like Sleeping it's built Phoenix. To last though, because a there's something that's supposed to happen in seven years. Yeah, you know. And, and, and B, it's like, it's past us. You know, it's like, ah, there's nothing you could do. And well, they're beyond us. us. It's like they're yeah. evolved human beings. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's sort of like the, that's what's going to happen. There's going to be like, of the raves, there's going to be a magneto type. who's just like, let's just destroy the humans. 
Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have like, who's that striker? Sergeant striker or whatever. General yeah. striker. He's sure. going to be like, we got to fight the raves and the raves are just going to wipe us out. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have the plan of the cross of the sleeping Phoenix hmm. and there's nothing we can do against that, obviously. So what's, what's going to happen here with the raves? They're going to be born in 2027. They will be born in a nursing home. I got this like from, I went to some blog of some like, I forget her name, like Jovian or something. And she's like a human design system advocate. She teaches it. You go buy her books. And so she went into detail about the, the next species. Um, species. It's going to be the raves. They're going to be born in a nursing home. They will have their people with a certain quality of chemistry, of DNA, which they are intended to pro- or for the program. So there's going to be some humans that are selected to, to birth the raves because they come and from And they're us. what, old people? No, I think it's just uh, they're going to keep humans around to give Why as are they vessels. going to be born in a nursing home? That's a good question. I don't she know. She sounds like cocoon. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe they meant like a, I don't know, is a nursing home something different in Britain? It might be. Maybe like that, that's where, that's where they have babies. Is, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Fucking backwards land over there. And yeah. the ordinary human hospitals will be the first small raves. They'll be like reptiles with cold, thick skin, with a complete lack of facial expression on their face and the complete lack of reaction on the external world. So they're kind of, it's kind of like V. Yeah. They're going to be like these like emotionless lizard people. And here's the main features of the raves, which I actually kind of have several of these features already. So maybe I am homo superior. Um, main features of the raves. One, lack of emotion. I've had many girlfriends break up with me for that. Right. Um, two. Well, what man hasn't, honestly. Yeah, exactly. We all have. Two, vegetarianism. There you go. I've always said the evolved species are vegetarians. So you got to catch up with me in Neanderthals. Mm. Um, three, the lack, they lack semi-reflective consciousness, lack of identity, no issues or commitment to learning. That's a lot of Americans are that already. Uh, hypersensitive skin. So they have undeveloped flat facial muscles and a complete lack of facial expression. Um, poor eyesight, an inability to ex- distinguish people's faces. Uh, different from the human pH balance, inability to reproduce. So that's going to be a bit of a problem for the raves. Yeah, that, okay. I don't know how that works. Um, I don't even know what this means, but a special circulation of energy in Bode Graven. Not sure. Uh, super security strategy to see, the ability to share an emotional awareness in the sea. I don't know. I think that's some human design system stuff that I don't really quite understand. Emotional awareness in the C? I don't know what, no, C is in like the letter C. Oh. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, well, that makes, oh, that, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Well, okay, part, the letter C. What is part, this, Sesame Street? I, I don't even know. Part of the <laughs> things with HDS. This genocide is brought to you by the letter, letter C. C. <laughs> part of the thing with HDS is they have like all these spectral we- like realms and gates. Mm. Like you get you have these planetary gates that you have to get through. So I don't mm. know if C is like gate 41 in Pluto or some something. I don't know. Exhausting. So the raves will be the first and only beings who possess emotional awareness. Um, I guess humans think that they do, but they, they don't. And raves, raves live in the moment. Uh, the raves are going to have a special relationship with food. We don't know what they'll eat or how much they'll need food, 
but they will be born vegetarian. Um, they will not have anything left that they need from people, and they'll probably need very little food, and maybe they'll eat some solar energy. Maybe that's what they eat. Or water. Who knows? But they don't need, like, Twinkies or Taco mm -hmm. Bell. They don't eat that stuff. Um, exactly what they won't be able to eat meat, and they won't eat hot food, and they can't eat after midnight. I just made that up. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> they turn into these like gremlin creatures. Never get them wet because they'll multiply. Mm. Um, but they don't eat hot food and they don't eat meat. They can't eat meat, actually. They, they can't keep it down. I don't know. Maybe they have IBS or something. Um, this is an interesting thing. The, so in order to prepare, which is what I guess HDS is teaching us to do right now, prepare for the, the coming of the raves, Autistic children are the precursors for the raves. Mm. Autistic children are mutants. They're strange children, and it's difficult to find an approach to them. Rock calls them the right mutation at the wrong time. So I guess right. autistic kids have exemplary features of the raves. So mm. I wonder if raves are just a bunch of autistic kids. Yeah, all the... the yeah, all of the... Uh, like features of auti autism, like emotional distancing, inadequate response to social situations, aloofness, lack of contact. That's what raves are all about. So I think raves are the new incels. Hmm. They, can't, they can't get laid. They don't eat meat. They go on the internet, complain about not getting laid. This is the other weird thing too, is uh, it's the end of animals as food and the end of pets. So I guess after 2027, you're not allowed to have a pet. Hmm. Yeah, so the whole species, the domesticated animals, that's not going to happen anymore. Dogs, cats, they're going to turn on you. And people are going to become vegetarians. You live in one with the animals, like a coexistence. Uh, they also anticipate in 2027 that the church is going to become militaristic and it's going to, because of their loss of power, loss of influence, they're going to try to impose you know, their rules on the constitution, there might be more wars, there might be another set of crusades, but the raves, you can't really fight the raves. So I don't know what's going to happen. You can't fight them at all. Well, no, I mean, they can become pentas and then the mm -hmm. pentas can like form like, you know, power ranger things, whatever oh, those okay. are. Yeah. It's a problem. It's going to be a big problem. I, I don't know what the church is going to do about that, mm. but I guess the point here is life on earth will continue for another 1300 years and people will coexist with the raves until the end. That's oh, what's going to happen. That's nice. Yeah, so there will be two species, Homo sapiens, Intransitus, and raves. But they'll mm. live in completely different parallel realities, and contact between the two will be extremely limited. Great. So yeah. it doesn't matter at, at all. They're going to build their brand beyond us, beyond our comprehension of civilization. And the only thing they'll depend and need us for is reproduction because they can't do it. They're going to build their brand. That's what it says. Beyond our co comprehension Christ. of civilization. Which is <laughs> basically just a bunch of people who are going to come talk to, talk to us about synergy, you know? A bunch of autistic mutants. Yeah. Um, in our All achievements right. of our civilization and progress, raves don't even care about it because they're beyond it. Hmm. So really all they're going to do is have sex with us. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Great. I mean, maybe that works. All we are are participants and observers of the next species. 
So there you go, people. Sign up for human design and uh, and uh, be a lick spittle to some raves. Yep. But th- but that's the thing. I mean, there's no. I just find it funny that the, it's like people are like, yeah, this sounds great. I'm becoming in touch with my body chart. I'm a manifest generator reflector. But th- there's there's no scientific basis to this. No. I mean, they, okay, sure, neutrinos might have mass. Big deal. It's like someone just takes a scientific fact and then, like, appropriates it for their own pseudo-religion thing, quasi-religion or whatever this is. And and in the end, you know, what it is is it's just like, it's like Scientology. It's like people are paying to make themselves feel better. You know, and, and human design is not only pseudo-scientific, it's expensive. Simplest reading costs $250. Level one analyst training will cost you 400. Level two is $1,000 and it goes up from there. So, right. I mean, yeah, it's like Scientology. Like, you invest into it, it's like a pyramid scheme. You invest in, into it to like gain different powers. But ultimately, you're going to be a slave to the raves anyway. So, why? Why bother? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I think it's pointless to pay for it. But the one thing I did read about it and the one thing I, I th- kind of, uh, you know, figured this out myself, they are correct about the fact that a lot of our problems stem from a lack of understanding of ourselves, either mm. be biases or fears, or if you're not successful or happy, you try to like, you know, find things, um, you, you know, you can find, you can look into yourself and kind of, you don't need like neutrino reading and chakras, you can figure out what it is. You know, well, the the source of your unhappiness or discontent, maybe go to therapy, whatever it is, and you can change it. I just don't think you need to spend like hundreds of dollars to find out that you're a manifest generator to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Well, I'll do both. I'll try it. And there we'll go. You know? <laughs> well, did you hurt? Did you? I mean, you were talking about it. I don't know if it's on Patreon. You're talking about like a tarot cult, right? You I'll get up into your... that another time. <laughs> well, that's in the outtakes, people. Oh no, I think it might have been our story that for this week's Patreon. But you're yeah, getting I forget. into that. I forget. So w- watch out, Harrison. You might fall mm. into this whole thing, this whole mentality. I think my whole point of it is quit trying to find some some solution, some panacea to make yourself feel better. Life is a series of disappointments. You're not going to change that. It's a series of disappointments till you finally can't take it anymore. You commit suicide. Or then you die, whether it be natural causes or murder or whatever. It's just quit trying to change it because you're not going to be able to. And I think once you once you understand that, then you you find your true purpose to be disappointed in life. On that note, people's episode 716 here are sick and wrong. We have some news stories coming up next. We have some phone calls actually a little later in the show. Uh, But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a sick and wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sick and wrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. So first story we have here, you might have heard about this one. 
uh, happened in our hometown. LAPD officer under investigation for allegedly fondling a dead woman. Did you see that one? I did. Yeah. Not surprised. I'm sure it's not the first time either. I mean, she's dead. Well, she's dead, but still, you know, I don't know. I was hoping our our LAPD aren't like necrophiles, but whatever. (laughs) She is dead, so, you know, she can't complain about that. A veteran Los Angeles police officer is under investigation after his body-worn camera captured him allegedly fondling a dead woman's breasts. Whatever happened to that, 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 uh, that your whole venture to become a cop? Did, you, did they ever give you a rejection? Yeah, they gave me a rejection because they got access to my medical records. They just sent you a letter or did they call you? Um, they sent me a letter. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, you are too mental to become an LAPD pl- police yes. officer. <laughs> you can believe. I, by that point, I was kind of hoping that I'd be rejected. So, <laughs> was that it was like a manic episode? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's it. like it sounds like something I would do when I was really high. Like this sounds mm-hmm. like a great idea, and then you do it, and you're like, "Oh man, this sucks." It's mm-hmm. like that time I did that game show. I was like, "This is gonna be fun," and then when I went and did it, it was terrible. It was I like mean, a- I, recons- I was starting to reconsider on the first day while eating lunch in the Daryl F. Gates commemorative cafeteria. <laughs> you know, I'm amazed you got that far. Ugh. Yeah, without just being like, what am I doing? Mm. Anyway, the officer who was assigned to downtown Central Division was placed on leave when supervisors reviewed the footage during a random inspection. That's how unlucky this guy is. They Why randomly can't he found do what footage. every other cop does and like be like, I don't know, my camera's on the fritz before he like, you know, beats the fuck out of a minority or whatever? Well, it's interesting because this guy did. He shut his camera off. Yeah. But there's like a like a fail safe <laughs> that caught it. Ah. And and the other thing that's weird about it too, I mean, they have like thousands of hours of footage, and this was the one that was randomly inspected. Hmm. So it's just, yeah, this guy's just SOL. Um so what happened here, the LAPD officer, the pervert, and his partner responded to a call about a possible dead woman at a residence. After the the officer and his partner determined that she was dead. The partner left the room to go to his patrol uh, car to call it in, at which point the officer that was still in the room with the corpse turned off his body camera, which I didn't even know you could do that. Hmm. I thought they always had to keep them on. Oh, no, they could take it. They could turn it off. They do generally when they shoot someone. They turn it off. Yeah, but happens a lot. They're like, I don't know, it went out for some reason. But would there be some kind of notification that would like, or an alarm or something that would be triggered by you shutting it off, like a, a log or of some sort? Look, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the fucking IT guy over there. Thank but God. I, you would think that would be built into it. It's like, oh, this guy mm-hmm. shut it off at 2:45 p.m. and then you can ask him about it. Like, why was your camera shut off? Oh yeah. Well, because generally when they turn it off, it's like. Keeping it on would be like the LAPD having, you know, evidence against itself in the inevitable lawsuit. (laughs) So, of course, they would want it gone. I just think it's funny that the guy's like in there with his partners and he's like, all right, well, let's just call this in. He goes, um, just give me a couple minutes, okay? And then the guy leaves and it's like had no idea that his partner's about to go fondle this dead woman's breasts. Yeah. Um, Which would just be out of even. You want to touch the corpse, Titty? Oh, look at it. 
Oh, you can't resist its, resist its siren song. The corpse titty calls to you. You have to touch it. You have to. No, but you can't, but you must. <laughs> Reminds me of like Lethal Weapon. We missed that scene. But I could see Mel Gibson just being like, uh, what was his name? Murtry? Mur- Murtow? Murtock. Murtock, yeah. Mm. Leave the room. You don't want to see this. Mm. Next thing you know, he's like fucking some corpse. Mm. Um, Assistant Chief Robert Arcos called the recording very disturbing. And the Los Angeles Police Protective League, which is the union that represents rank-and-file cops, they called the allegations troubling. In fact, they said if the allegation's true, then the behavior exhibited by this officer is not only wrong, but it's extremely disturbing and does not align with the values of us as police officers. They also said that uh, they're not going to criminally defend an officer who fondles a dead woman's woman's breasts. Like, this guy's got to go get his own lawyer now. Wow. Yeah, the union president said that uh, he called the allegation reprehensible and repugnant. And uh, if they're true, he's like, we will not defend this officer in a criminal proceeding. And he goes on to, to, to detail this. He goes, every person who willfully mutilates, disinters, removes from the place of interment, or commits an act of sexual penetration on, a, on remains known to be human is guilty of a felony. So I guess you could do it to animals. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to know that the police take uh, non-lives matter very seriously. Right <laughs> yeah, non-lives <laughs> matter. That's, that's yeah. important. Mm. Um, so uh, supervisors discover the act during a random inspection of video recordings. So I guess they kind of just randomly go through it. Um, they said that it's unclear. They wouldn't exactly uh, say how long he had been uh, fondling the dead woman's breasts or what triggered him to do it. They didn't go into detail about that. Long enough. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, like, hmm. so she's dead. I'm assuming she must have been kind of attractive, but maybe not. I don't know. Mm. Um, but she's dead, and the guy's, like, sitting there fondling his breasts. Is he going to, like, whack off on her? Like, what's the end game here? I mean, I don't understand what, like, I could understand if, like, his partner was in there and they're, like, being some kind of joke, like she had big titties and he's, like, being, being funny. But this guy's doing it by himself. Yeah. So I'm thinking he's, like, like jacking off on her. He's doing some necrophilia type of thing. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe he's never touched a titty. Who the fuck knows, you know? I'm, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um, the inspections here that they do now randomly will allow supervisors to determine whether some officers need additional training or counseling to prevent instances of biased policing. Uh, could you imagine they're just like reviewing this stuff randomly? They're like, is that guy about to, to whack off on a dead lady? Mm. Like, that must have just like, I mean, I imagine everybody in the precinct must know about that. I wonder if all of a sudden now you're just ostracized. Like, this guy can't be a cop anymore. Yeah. Uh, Supervisors would check to make sure that officers aren't rude and that they explain their actions when stopping people. Um, Even prior to this rule that they're going to do this, police leaders could review recordings and discipline officers for misconduct discovered on a video. And I guess it's standard for police bosses to review recordings from arrests whenever force is used or if there's, like, a complaint. Um. I guess the LAPD only started getting body cameras in 2014. But now they have about 14,000 recordings each day. And uh, they accumulate recordings total more than 2.1 million hours. So for this guy to randomly 
his his piece of recording to randomly be selected is kind of crazy. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I guess what happens when you shut your camera off, it activates like a buffer. And so it automatically begins saving the video and audio starting two minutes prior uh, to the activation or inactivation. So when you shut it off, it just starts recording or it keeps recording. So they, they can never actually shut it off. But I bet you like in terms of like, you know, a black guy getting shot in the face for speeding or running a stop sign, they probably just like accidentally lose that footage. Oh, yeah. That's probably what happens. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but for this guy, just like, what are the odds? You know? That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, it's good to know, though. It's comforting to know that the popo can harass you even after you die. So yeah. maybe, maybe that makes you feel better. There you go. What do you have here for the second story? Well, this was sent in uh, from Savannah. Savannah. Stripper had sex with boyfriend and his son chopped son's head off and texted pal saying, let's party. <laughs> yeah. Wait, after she chopped the head off, she's yeah, like, yeah. let's party. Yeah. With the head? She texted them. All oh. right. Yeah. Come on. But I'm sure she, she had the head nearby, you know. <laughs> in, a, in a bowling bag. Yeah. yeah. A stripper had sex with both her boyfriend and his son before decapitating the son and texting friends saying, let's party. Wow. Rowena Cheryl Mills, 43, reportedly bashed 29-year-old Bo White's head until he was unconscious before decapitating him in Lorona, West Virginia. God, how much meth were they doing? Yeah. So the uh, the prosecutor explained that uh, what allegedly happened after he was knocked unconscious is she called friends for help and got none. She called a friend. She called a friend called John Fleming wanting a chainsaw. She did not get it. She <laughs> went back and got a kitchen knife and cut off his head. Wow. So yeah. wait, she was calling friends for help to decapitate the corpse, yes. and they're like, that's nah, right. you know, you're on your own with that one. Yeah, that's when you know you and your true friends are. Yeah, <laughs> that really does show you their true colors. Yeah. Bo's body was found in his home while his head was discovered in a wooded area nearby. Damn. Okay. Mill's lawyer has tried to claim Bo's dad is to blame, uh, although Jimmy White faces no criminal charges. Hmm. Mills is then said to have brandished several other knives and mutilated the dead man's corpse. Wow. Wow. Mut so the, the stripper's on trial for first-degree murder. Uh, is then accused of leaving White's body inside his home and dumping his head. She reportedly rifled through White's pockets for pills and money, then texted her friends asking them to party with her. So wait, the, her boyfriend... And the guy that the 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 son that that died, it's Jimmy White and Bo White. Yeah. And this is in West Virginia. It's in West Virginia. Do you think this is any relation to the? Do you ever hear? Do you ever watch this documentary, The Wild and Wonderful Whites yes, of West I Virginia? Have, yeah. I wonder if they're relatives. Wow, that wouldn't shock me at all. That's Although a, I'm sure it would mention it in this article if they were. Jessica White did, didn't he tap dance or something? That was uh, yeah, thing. yeah, the guy, the guy, yeah, he tapped. He's dance. from Appalachia, and he would like it was like a family tradition of tap dancers. You know what? Julian Nitzberg directed that, 
And he actually has a uh, play coming out about Michael Jackson or a musical. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to see if uh, he can come on the show sometime to talk about it. But I'll definitely, I'm, now I'm very interested to see if, the, if there's any kind of relation here because it all kind of makes sense. I'm pretty sure my ex-girlfriend like dropped a fucking enchilada on his lap uh, at Lenora's birthday party that time. On <laughs> <laughs> Julian Nisberg's lap? Yeah, pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> So. That guy's a great guy, actually. You, you, you know what? You think everybody... You say that about, like, anyone. Nah, I don't know. It depends. It means very little to me when you say that. I don't now. think Hitler was a great guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there's a few people I don't think is a great guy. But Julian <laughs> You Nitzburg, said that about Lee. You're like, Lee's a good guy. It's like, I'm like, no, he's not. I actually... Like, I, I like that guy. Mm. He actually came out He's not a good to... guy. He might be an entertaining, <laughs> uh, you know... Weirdo. Well, I think good is an entirely subjective term. Okay. I mean, who knows what good means? What's good to you might be, you know, horrible to me. Whereas Lee is entertaining. He came out to Tokyo for two days. Flew out to Tokyo two nights. Well, that's just stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's just dumb. Uh, Weird guy. That doesn't make sense. It's it's stupid. Anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) who's Okay, right. I forgot what the hell we were talking about. So after being picked up by sheriff's deputies close to Bo's head the next morning, Mills was taken to jail where she allegedly told staff, you have to take me back to get my heads. <laughs> she had more heads. I thought there was just one head. This is, I don't know. She's claiming she's got heads. Wow. So, oh man, this is fucking great. Mills worked at a strip club called Southern Exposure. Ooh. Yeah, Could you imagine X the there. caliber of women at that place? That's great. Yeah. Ugh. It'd be funny if they got sued by the TV show Northern Exposure. Northern Exposure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, That's a good yeah, show. And he's said to have come into contact with boyfriend Jimmy White and his son Bo after they began visiting. Oh, man. Oh, they were regulars at Southern Exposure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Both of them. I wonder if they got like a double lap dance. That might be like a you know a rite of passage between father and son in West Virginia. Apparently, Bo White and his father Jimmy White fed her drugs for sex. <laughs> and again, ev- invoking that documentary you mentioned, it's like the guy, that fucking hillbilly or whatever, Jesco. Like, he shakes a bot- bottle of pills. Yeah, and he's like that's the West Virginia mating call. You know? <laughs> I think this. I think this is all in the family. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're all whites. So uh, Mills appeared in court Tuesday sporting a far more demure appearance than during previous hearings. Her she ratty blonde hair years? had been replaced by a conservative brown bob. Ooh, okay. And she wore a plain white sweater and T-shirt, which covered up a chest tattoo. I was kind of picturing like a pink, dyed pink ostrich feather jacket, <clears throat> you know? <laughs> And like, yeah, shitty blonde highlights. But it sounds like she's a little more demure this time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hmm. So, uh, uh, so the defense attorney uh, told jurors that Mills was a victim of mistaken identity, hmm. and that she had been battered by a previous husband before turning to drugs. I don't see how that has anything to do with it. But yeah, okay, yeah. Um. Like there was somebody else who was also texting about heads partying <laughs> yeah. with fucking severed heads. And tell the cops like, where are my heads? Yeah. 
Where my head's at. Your Honor, she was simply talking about chicken heads. And by that, I mean uh, loose women in the hood who are eager to suck dick. Yeah. So. Um, Yeah, so he implied that Jimmy White killed Bo after catching his son and Mills together, although Jimmy White faces no charges. Well, that doesn't make any sense if they're both going to the strip club and paying money and giving her, you know, drugs for sex. It's no, like, it, it seems like the dad would be like, high five, son. Yeah. You know, it's like he'd be impressed with it, with his uh, stamina. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they both weren't there at this, you know, yeah. same time. <laughs> That's what I thought, honestly. Um, Some Eiffel Tower. Yeah, so um, Jimmy White had told the sheriff's deputies he had seen Bo's body while visiting his home, but believed his murdered son was playing a trick on him. <laughs> <laughs> What do you like? Are you doing that headless trick again with the mirrors? We are using the mirror to make it look like you ain't got no head. God damn, son. Quite the trickster. Yeah, I told you not to do that. What is he, the fucking David Blaine of West Virginia? <laughs> yeah, the, the hillbilly yeah. the hillbilly Chris Angel or something. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. what is he doing here? Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't submit the DNA from the father. A Bo White, I guess. Um, this is a person who had motive to harm his son because of his relationship with Rowena Mills. Hmm. So her trial continues. She denies the charge of murder. Murder and decapitation, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that the uh, you know the, the father here isn't even a person of interest, but I don't know. If I was on that jury, I'd be like, I think she does a lot of meth. I think there was some meth involved here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. All right, people, send your story. Cigarettepodcast gmail.com. We have some phone calls coming up next. You can call the Cigarette Hotline at 323-522-4032. Uh, before we get to our first call, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey, guys. It's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code, Diddle. I can myself loads of good sex toys since both of my wives died and my little Eric's disease got pretty bad let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring but thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code diddle d-i-d-d-l-e Got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032. This first call is from Boner Villain. A very angry, militant Boner Villain. Oh, oh, hi, yeah. Uh, Just wondering, uh, could you pass my details along to Boner Villain? As uh, I'd like to join his militia. I guess this isn't Boner Villain. This is someone who wants to join Boner Villain's militia. Okay. Sounds like Boner Villain, though. As I, too, am a 35-year-old man that is obviously a virgin. I, uh, I also do have an affinity for uh, military-style paintball. I'm uh, about uh, 
250 pounds, but uh, you know, weight has nothing to do with it, and I'm sure Bonneville can uh, can relate to that with me as well. Um, I also I also asked my mom if she could uh, bake those uh, really nice cookies that she does with raisins, and she also said that if I get all my work done, that Bonneville could come over afterwards so we can play. Oh, I I, I mean uh, we can strategize how to take down the U.S. government, and uh, yeah. Um, so like if you could just like pass on my details that'd be great uh yeah thanks uh bye there you go wow boner, boner villain uses this show to recruit members of his boner militia dear god i didn't know that but horrifying yeah, yeah they're, they're like red skull you can be <laughs> careful like hydra or something yeah yeah hail Jesus. boner he's radicalizing people i think into, he is into uh you know Gardening and and firearms and firearms, know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crochet. I don't know what I don't know what Boner Villain does in his spare time. Couponing. Who knows? Mm. Clipping coupons. <laughs> he, yeah, but carefully you, arranging Funko figures. <laughs> you just wait, though. Soon there's going to be the Boner Militia, and then you'll see who will be laughing at that point. Won't I'll be still you. be laughing. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. If you want to sign up for Did the Boner Militia. Did you honestly think that was Boner Villain? Like, I didn't know. No, I didn't. I knew it wasn't. Okay. But right, I right. thought it was a it's guy. I actually, when I first heard it, because I didn't listen to the call, I thought it was a guy pretending to be Boner Villain recruiting for his Boner Militia. But it's it actually. No, I thought he was pretending to be Boner Villain recruiting for the militia. But oh, it's I not. He's a guy who wants to be in Boner Villain's militia. Well, this guy needs to work on his American accent. My God. Yeah, I know. It was pretty bad. However, he got the point across, and I think mm. that, that went well. I do think, uh, do you think they would have, like, satin jackets with some kind of, like, embroidery <laughs> on it? Like, yeah, like, like, the, like the Guardian Angels. Yeah, <laughs> with, like, berets. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Bonervilla designs, he must design the uniforms, probably. He's got to design the uniforms. I wonder if they have a treehouse. He's got a machine, you know, he doesn't, yeah. They probably have a treehouse. They definitely have a treehouse. Man. Like, kind of like those guys who are like, um, I don't know, looking for fucking homeless child rape camps in the desert. They have like a fucking (laughs) fort. (laughs) Like, they build a shitty fort. (laughs) They had a fort that they all met in and you get those raisin cookies. Man, it actually sounds like it's kind of fun. I imagine Bonerville and going out into the desert and finding like big bottles of water people leave for migrants and just sticking knives in them <laughs> just shooting you know? them with his guns yeah <laughs> do you think we could join boner villains militia i don't know i don't know if we could cut the mustard for, yeah you know? i wonder if we'd be the first targets of assassination though maybe not I think our first orders would be to assassinate each other yeah that's They're probably like, what would happen yeah i um, have to fight to the death yeah Oh, well. All right. Well, uh, there you go. If you want to sign up for Boner Villains Militia, I think you have to email, um, email the show. I'll put you in contact. All right. Next, uh, next call we have here is from a guy who has some questions about an area of your expertise, Harrison. Mm. Yes. I want to know about strap-ons and fucking uh, men. <laughs> I mean, women fucking men in the ass. I really am anal. <laughs> Erotic and I'm anal erotic. Anal erotic. <laughs> Love it. My name is and my I name have... is erotic. Anal erotic. Anal erotic. I like my 
Prostate shaken, not stirred. <laughs> I've had women with strap-ons fuck me in the ass, but they, um, sorry about that. <laughs> what was that? Was that a Oh, sniffle? I needed this. I really needed this. Oh. Okay. <laughs> they, uh, tend to, um, push too hard and there's at some point it gets to a place where I'm uncomfortable so fingers are better I think and so just with fingers uh, getting up to your prostate and and moving that and having her suck your cock while she's doing that um, so he likes to get the uh, the, the prostate milked mm-hmm. while, uh, while he's getting his dick sucked. All right. Makes sense. So is that true, though, with a strap-on? Does it – you know how, like, uh, like women with, like, a shallow vagina, you can hit the cervix, it gets to a point where you can't go any further? Does that, does mm-hmm. that happen that way with, like, strap-ons where it's just like, I can only get, like, the first inch in there? No, that does not happen. Um, but it sounds like he, the what, you know, whatever strap-ons are being used on this guy might be too big. Oh, maybe go down a size. You know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe so, you. Sh- yeah, Man, that's a good point. Go to Adam every- and Eve. Get a smaller one. Yeah, I mean, everybody's you know, rectum is different. <laughs> you know, it really works well. I just don't want her to. Um, I mean, she has the power to do that, but. She has the power. I have anyway. the power <laughs> to stick my fingers in your asshole. Javier Harrison knows a little bit about this, but you know the finger is better, and the prostate up there is better. <sighs> so anyway, keep it safe. Keep it wrong. God, this guy's creepy. Well. A disturbing, yeah, <laughs> disturbing vision of things to come. What was his question? I don't. There's no know. question there. Is he asking you if, if like the fingers better than a strap he's on? Not, or he if didn't you ask know? me anything. And it, why does he need my input? It sounds like he's like got a pretty good handle on this. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I don't, don't know. I don't understand. Like, what, what what is the general course of uh, of I guess anal strap-on sex do you start with fingers and then graduate to strap-ons or how, how does that work i it, there's no there's no set path <laughs> there's you no know, set there's, path there's no curriculum <laughs> yeah that, that's, that you have to go through i guess you could do whatever i mean i you know i prefer the strap-on just because it's like it's not just about the sensation it's also kind of about the psychological you know the dominance uh, right power uh Shifting, what do they call that? Power sharing. The power, power share, yeah. The dynamic, I forget, whatever the fuck. There's a term for it. Um, yeah, it's, I, I find that the better part. So, like, fingers don't do it as much for me, you know? And I've, and I've had a prostate, uh, you know. Um, Exam? No, I haven't. I should, though. <laughs> I should uh, do that, too. Yeah, I, I, but I've had, like, a prostate uh, orgasm, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of it, I got to say. What's the difference? Is in the same? Is it like, do you have a a prostate orgasm? How? Yeah, I guess. How is it different than just a regular like, I don't orgasm? know. It just feels like you cheated, and it, you feel weird. I don't know. It's like it doesn't. Like I you feel empty inside good. afterwards. Um. Yeah, but different than how you feel after you masturbate. 
Huh. You know, that's how you feel after you masturbate. Like, but, but this is a little different, a little different kind of emptiness. Which one is faster? Like, does it? Do you have to work your way up to a prostate orgasm, or does it just like as soon as you hit that spot, it's just done? No, you got to work your way up. There's, I get this some working up to it. Does but yeah, uh, I didn't like it. It feels it just feels like you're doing like a weird shortcut. You know, it just feels like you know, uh, you're doing like up down up down B A start or whatever. You know, like to get the, <laughs> to get the shortcut, and you're just not really. Does more come out? Like, is there more? No, less comes out. A less comes out then. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Huh. That's weird. I guess I never really thought about it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a bit. I have to disagree with this. Um, you know, perturbing fellow here. Yeah. <laughs> this strange man here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, there yeah, you go. Sometimes, sometimes the the chick who, with the strap on, they do get into it, and they do kind of like. Um, they do kind of sometimes get off on any discomfort they may cause. Well, you mean uh, with with a strap on or with the yes. fingers? With the strap on. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess that kind of makes, well, I think that's part of it, isn't it? Where they kind of I enjoy think so, yeah. I mean, I remember my ex, it was like one point before we were going to peg. It's like she, she made me fucking, and I was like, I don't tie down. Anything. She made me like suck the fucking thing. And wow. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I was gag. Like, I thought I was going to vomit. And she wow. fucking loved that shit. So that's and like I, a power dynamic there. I did not love it. I was not into it. <laughs> um, I mean, it, the idea of it now in, in, in retrospect is hot. But at the time, I literally was like, I'm going to vomit. What the fuck? You know who I think this guy is? Mm. I think this is Martin Starr. You know who that is? Gilfoyle from uh, Silicon Valley. Um, okay. He was yeah, also I, in I Freaks remember, and Geeks. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this guy I think mm-hmm. might be Martin Starr. I'm not sure because okay. I don't know his number, but he sounds a lot like him. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Martin Starr likes a little bit of digital penetration. Mm. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, me. He's, he's whoever it is, he's definitely been, uh, you know, been noted as one to watch from the FBI's behavioral science unit. <laughs> so that's for sure. But it sounds like he's got a good handle on the, uh, the anal, anal activity. So I don't know, really know what you need from Harrison, but validation. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Thinking? You know, it's, you know, it's like thumbs up to you, sir. I neither validate nor invalidate you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. Uh, we had a nurse, you know, we have several nurses that listen to the show. Oh, sure we do. Um, we have a, they're very popular in the medical community. Uh, but this nurse called in specifically about the toxic lady episode. All right, guys. I'm a longtime listener. I've never called in. But I just could not refrain from calling in after listening to Toxic Lady. I am a nurse. <laughs> the diagnosis of this lady is basically she needed fucking dialysis. I don't know how the fuck the doctors or any other staff member at all could not fucking. <laughs> don't you think they would have done that? You'd think so. Yeah. I mean, they're doctors. You'd think it's like if someone comes in and, you know, had some kind of issue like that, they would be like, oh, yeah, she's covering some kind of weird sticky substance and there's something going on. Let's, 
run dialysis. It seems like right. you would do that. So, but apparently, I guess they did it. I don't remember. Who knows? Put that together. But the bitch was highly sick. She had cancer. Her kidneys, her livers, whatever the fuck were failing her. So basically, she is no longer able to rid her body of these toxins, chemicals and toxins. So they were just building up in her body. And that's why she had all this crazy ass shit. <laughs> but wasn't it more than that, though? Wasn't it like she was like, I don't know, like some kind of like chemical or something was emanating from her body that was making people sick? Something like that, yeah. I don't think if your body's riddled with like, I don't know, waste or, you know, urine waste or whatever it is, that it's going to emanate into some kind of vapor that makes people sick. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know going on it's that simple she just needs fucking dialysis period it's so aggravating i don't think that would have saved her no i mean i think there's a little more going on than just dialysis but i'm no nurse so i don't know waiting listening to some of these stories sometimes and seeing how stupid people are um so yeah i can uh uh refrain from calling in i needed to let you guys know and also DMSO, yes, is wonderful. It works very well for pain. But yes, Harrison, you are correct. It does help other things penetrate into your skin. So you have to be careful what you put on your skin prior to using it. But is it... Is that... That's the, uh, the, the chemical... The cream or something that she was putting on her body that is no longer legal, right? Yes. Okay, I forget the name of it. DMSO. Is that what it is? Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you you can't buy that anymore, right? I don't think so. No. Is it supposed to it's supposed to like induce cancer or something? Or is cancer's agents in it? Hmm. On clean skin, and you rub it on a sore fucking knee, then yes, the shit works beautifully. All right, guys. I love you. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Well, she calls in with or, a part or two. Or maybe they do still use it because she just said they use it for pain. So I think knows. it's something you can get in like Mexico mm. or like one of those like Mexican markets, but I don't think you can go to Rite Aid and buy it. That may well, be wrong. I'll, I'll pick some up next when I get some MSG next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you go get some MSG for your, for your yeah. cooking. Uh-huh. Um, are you pretty bummed that that Rite Aid is going away? Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. I couldn't believe that. No, not to mention, it's my favorite uh, dry cleaner in that parking lot. I want to fucking get the fuck out of this city, honestly. God, I know. It's just like, what are you going to ruin next? Yeah. I love that Rite Aid. That Rite mm-hmm. Aid was like, I mean, we, we spoke about many different incidents that had occurred at that Rite Aid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Anyway, she calls in with a part two. Sorry, guys. This is uh, Christine calling in against the nurse. I forgot to also mention Night nurse. that the reason why all of the nurses are probably passing the fuck out is because the lady probably smelled like a fucking human asshole. I mean, all this nasty shit was built a up in her apple? body. No, I think she said a human asshole, but I oh, thought yeah. she said apple at first, too. And I was like, that's weird. It'd be like an apple covered in skin. Like yeah, an yeah. apple with an epidermis. It's just like yeah. all skin. Yeah, it's gross. But I you know a human asshole. I imagine she probably didn't smell too good, but aren't nurses used to that? 
Because there's a lot of people coming in with like bowel obstructions and shit. Well, I guess if so, yeah, but if somebody like, you know, literally reeks like ammonia and cat piss or something coming out of their pores. All right. Well, that yeah, yeah. that definitely would be a bit startling, I suppose. But mm-hmm. but she is saying she smelled like a human asshole. I think like I think nurses she was, would be used I don't to think that. she literally meant that. Okay, D, because the problem, the scent wasn't feces. The scent no, was no, like the scent was like ammonia. Crazy. Yeah, it was ammonia. So enough to make her die that she had ammonia think of a cat piss basically and greasy shit orifacing out of her body she probably smelled horrible so they were probably just passing the fuck out based off of her fucking goddamn smell and because trust me i have fucking come into contact with some fucking nasty ass smelly people in my day and one last thing that's why i could never be a nurse like, could you imagine having to deal with that? Yeah, yeah. I'm already kind of a germaphobe anyway. And then having to deal with, like, people's, like, excreta and et cetera, I would just, there's no way I could do that. Yeah. Tubercular homeless people coughing uh, in the face all the time. Like, yeah. you know, wounds just, uh, you know, filled with pus and whatever, detritus. I couldn't yeah. do it. Um, The family? The only reason why they're going through all of this freaking crap, trying to say it was a hospital and this and that and doing all this extra bullshit, they're just looking for a goddamn paycheck, man. I, I don't remember where you guys said this happened, but I bet you it was probably not a very classy place. Probably. I think it was in like Riverside. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not a classy place. Definitely not a classy place. And honestly, I can't blame the family. I mean, would you, if you're, if, your sister died in some hospital. Wouldn't you try to sue them anyway? Absolutely, you could? in a second. Cash in. Why not? Yeah. Just a bunch of fucking white trash people looking for a paycheck. So that is it. Period. It was not probably the hospital. Definitely was not fucking covering up, making mess. That's insane. They're just fucking white trash looking for a paycheck. Okay. Bye. Jesus, white trash. Jeez. Wow. And they weren't. Duchess of Windsor? I know. know. (laughs) My God. I believe they were Hispanic. But anyway. um, God, it's taking the hospital side here. Yeah. Man. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of that whole conspiracy that was like the hospital's cooking meth and it was like meth in their IV bags. Yeah, I'm going to go with meth aliens on this. Cause, I agree with that. Yeah, that's, that seems to be... Because where do you like get it. this weird ammonia grease coming out of your body? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be meth. Meth aliens. Yeah. It's the only way mm-hmm. that would happen. Anyway, thank you there, uh, night nurse, or whatever your name is. Nurse? Christine? Christine the nurse. Christine the nurse. Christine the nurse for giving us a call. People, you can call the Sick and Wrong Hotline, too, at 323-522-4032. Uh, we got to get out of here. Harrison's got some mysterious business going on. You got a, you got a, an event that you need to get to. Um, best way to support the show is by becoming a sick and wrong patron. Um, as I mentioned before, a little earlier on, we did do a whole outtake where I kind of did a whole roundup of the trip to Japan, and we kind of talked about how weird, quote-unquote, Japan is. And also I went into detail about like uh, hanging out with some of the fans like Johnny and Sean and all those guys. Um, had a really good time, so it was good. Uh, but did you go- have sushi at the fish market? No, I didn't make it at the fish market. No. But we did We did go to, um, the first day I was there, Johnny took us to this like, kind of like a hole-in-the-wall place that was like conveyor belt sushi. Oh, which sure, did, yeah. Yeah, I found those places like infinitely easier to deal with than an actual like restaurant sushi. 
Yeah. Because when you go there and you sit there, you're supposed to like know what to say to the chefs, and I don't, I don't know. I found the whole thing kind of awkward and somewhat intimidating. I, I found the best part about it just that like any shithole you walk into, you just get you can get like white rice or something, and it'll taste better than anything you've ever had. This the sushi at this shithole place. It was in Shibuya, the best sushi I've ever had. It was like. The freshest salmon, the freshest like Maguro tuna for like two dollars or a dollar, dollar fifty for this stuff. Would you get like nigiri I mean, it's sushi? Radioactive here? as fuck. Uh, probably because it comes from Fukushima, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it was worth it though. It was worth it. I got like this like greasy sheen coming out of my body now, mm. mainly on my testicles. But yeah, it was worth it though. Best sushi I've ever had. But yeah, um, didn't make it to the fish. Did you go to the fish market? Oh yeah, it's fucking yeah. dope. Did you get up early and go there at like 6 a.m.? Yes. Not wow. 6 a.m., but like, you know, not like 9 or something. Oh, I heard that like yeah. uh, if you go there like at 6 or when they open, that's when you actually see them like auctioning off all this fish. And they get yeah. weird shit. I mean, they were, that was yeah. the thing with the conveyor belt sushi. It wasn't like, you know, the regular sushi you see here. They had some unidentifiable sea creatures sure. that you could eat. But yeah, I heard the the... The fish markets, we get the freshest sushi of all. But didn't end up making it. Um, but yeah, anyway, go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong. You get a news story. You get some extra phone calls. And you get our outtakes um, where we discuss. get a friendly kick in the dick. A friendly kick in the dick. Not, a, mm-hmm. not a, a, an antagonistic one. That's right. Friendly one. So patreon.com slash sick and wrong. We appreciate it. Finally here, sick and wrong song of the week. I was trying to find something that kind of represented the raves, the new age, the coming of the new age. So uh, here's a song um, from their 1980 LP, Red Exposure, the band Chrome. Did you ever get into them? I have one album of theirs. Uh, Red Exposure is a great record. Mm, the whole I thing is pretty one. good. Uh, but this song's called New Age. And it's by Chrome. We're going to end the show here and dedicate this one to the, the raves, our new overlords. Uh, people, we'll be back next week with episode 717. Till then, take a sleazy.
Ooh, wowie, wow, wow. Oh, it's so great having a wobbly H over here with Natalie Wood and William Shatner. Oh, God, it's so good. feel like I can't hold out much longer. Oh, can't understand why you're doing this, Chris. I'm not gay. Neither am I, but doesn't it feel good? Oh, gonna, gonna, gonna blow one. Wowie, wow. Oh. I hope you weren't recording this. Don't want to end up on sick and wrong.